Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. The role of fathers has changed a huge amount in a generation. 30 years ago, it was uncommon for fathers to be in the delivery room. And nowadays, it's rare for a father not to be there to witness the birth of their child. But with this change of role comes huge expectation. The idea that fathers are more than just breadwinners and protectors, but sharers of care, instigators of games, shoulders to cry on, sources of information about everything from football to puberty. But what is it that makes a really good father? We don't have any professionals on the podcast today, but what we do have are two couples, parents to four children between them, and a decade of experience in the parenthood game. Izzy and Harry Judd juggle careers in writing and music while bringing up Lola, who's four, and Kit, who's three. Um, and as a special treat, because he's away such a lot, I've got my husband, Ben. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank Hello. you for joining us in my kitchen this sunny morning. Uh, your, your kitchen or our kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> but this kitchen's had some... Very fascinating conversation. Oh yes, we've chatted about many, many, many things and I hope this is going to be an equally interesting chat. So I want to talk a little bit about sort of expectations. Um, Harry, were you excited to become a dad? Uh, I think maybe abnormally excited. Um, I remember when um, you were pregnant, Izzy. I don't know why I was reminded of this the other day. Probably because it was Lola's birthday. The Christmas before, so Lola's birthday is January 25th. And the, uh, the Christmas when you were so eight months pregnant has felt like the longest period of time in my life. I was so excited. I mean, I was almost praying for an, like an sort of 38 week birth. Um, and she was what, 11 days overdue? Yeah, she was. Yeah. It felt like the longest month of my life. I, I can't tell you how excited I was. Um, yeah. Do you remember? I do. I was literally just counting down the days. Harry, really, all throughout the pregnancy, I think, as um, we had suffered a miscarriage in our in our previous pregnancy, it became kind of counting the time just so that we could get closer and closer. You know, just feeling like we were getting over those hurdles and the scans. And I was a, a, a bit more apprehensive, um, whereas you kind of really helped keep me going. And I literally knew to the day. So yeah, I like, would oh, often forget. Oh yeah, but like she's sixteen weeks <laughs> and five days and two hours. But it wasn't with Kit with our second. It wasn't like that. We're like how pregnant? What am I? Well, Where's the standard? Isn't it, the second one. But yeah, no, I was very excited. And then you want to keep them in as long as possible because you know that it's easier in than out once they start crying. You were very excited too, Ben, weren't you? I, I just wanted to listen to these guys. This is, so, this is great kind of being part of all these conversations that have happened in this kitchen while I've been away. Ben wanted to have six children, I seem to remember. I did. And wanted. I wanted six. And the day after, I think I edited that down to five and then that, that crept down as, uh, as the, the weeks pr- um, progressed. But I, I, I have to think back now. It was 10 years ago. And incredibly excited, but I definitely, I definitely had those nerves. It's, it's those nerves of the unknown, which, to be honest, I've experienced a lot in life with various things that I've done. And those, the, the, the unknown can, can sometimes be quite scary, to be honest, because you're not quite sure what your responsibilities really are. When that baby arrives, are you re- is it, does it really depend on you or can you just hand it to someone else to, to take over? Does someone really give us this responsibility? Yeah. Kind of felt almost overwhelming. In life, we're, we're so often used to deferring to other people just for safety. There's the police, there's the army, there's always someone to watch your back or it mm. feels like that. Uh, we, we kind of have these walls of protection and this notion that this little baby, not a dog, not a cat, 
not an animal, is is entirely reliant on you is the most exciting and the most terrifying thing. Because I, I remember when we carried Lola, you know, in the car seat, which, first of all, putting a baby in a car seat just mm-hmm. feels... That's the, it's the worst thing. It's car just the worst thing. and prams, yeah. putting them together. I don't know if you remember this, Harry, but it was... Well, I mean, it just... It, it, I actually... I think I swore, and I don't really swear very yeah, often. The mechanisms of the buggy, like, literally, I remember being in the, the shops where you try them all out and trying to figure out how to put them all up. And it's, it's like a comedy scene, isn't it? But, yeah, we had the, that moment where we... And then you carried him in on the in the baby seat and put her on the coffee table. Yeah, you sat on the, on the sofa and just looked at each other. We did and, we just and like, looked at her and we were like, "Now what? What they've let us take a baby home?" Like, but we do don't. Do? What like, do we? When do you feed her? What do you? What does she? Oh, she cold? Goodness. Is she hot? Like you know. Yeah. But we got through it. I mean, I, I think you had once once it had happened, you had lots of kind of anxieties and um, worries about these things. But I I didn't really because I think I felt. Well, I knew is he was 100% capable, um, although you probably, I don't think you felt it. Um, I, I absolutely loved the, the first, well, still loving these, these first four years. And I think that can be really difficult if you are, I think everyone has this sort of worry that they're not quite doing it right, that they've got huge responsibility. Mm. Um, and how did you reassure Izzy? Because I think that's such a difficult thing. On the one hand, everyone's saying, you're perfectly equipped to look after a baby, but instinctively you're going, oh my God, is this right? Have we done the right thing? What, was, what did Harry do that... So did, could he do anything to, to make you less anxious? I think as the weeks kind of progressed, we started to fall into a pattern, a routine, didn't we? So um, because of our jobs, Harry was often around uh, for long periods of time. So we were able to kind of very much co-parent. And so we would do things like, I would often do the night feeds, but then in the morning, Harry would take Lola and I would then be able to sleep longer in the morning. So we started to work out what we both needed. Harry, this isn't just um, convenient, he actually is really bad on no sleep. So it's better, it's actually more, it's better for me to actually let him have his sleep. And then I'm quite happy to catch up in the morning. And then you do things like, I'd wake up in the night to feed and he'd leave water and like a little snack um, for me just little things Food like that which thing, just yeah. really helped it was just the small things but it was communicating those with Harry that I realized was so important that he needed me to say this is really helpful or to think about the food tonight is really helpful so I felt with Harry it was more once tell I me, said it, what to do and I'll do yeah, it yeah once I explained it it was kind of it then fell into a a better pattern because the think. communication really is key I think what so often happens especially when you're tired is that it turns into sort of the old kind of co- underhand comment um, I mean I remember Ben you were really good at kind of getting up in the night and there was never that sort of huffing and puffing of when Ben was around which wasn't that often I do remember you getting onto Ethiopian Airlines flight with like a huge amount of glee when Ludo was tiny and I was like crying on the doorstep going <laughs> don't leave oh, me <laughs> And that's I, not just up the road either. That's like really fun. Well, that was you know that was a big deal. The first tri- the first big overseas trip that I did. I, when do you when is it appropriate to go? So if you go back to the the comments we just made, Izzy, about the fact you take this little child home and you're like they're letting us take it home. If you go and buy a drone now, you have to have a license to fly it. If you buy a car, you need a license. And yet, for obvious reasons, a child is a natural um, uh, part of. Uh, the human process and we don't need a license but it's quite weird when suddenly you don't and I, and I think for me because there's no manual because there's no book it's like well when do I go back to work I know some people take off paternity leave some people have a couple of weeks but my work is a bit more intense just because I'm often completely off grid I can't you can't even call me uh, in lots of the places so that was the first complication I do I remember that vividly I can remember saying goodbye to you not 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 from this house just around the corner and I remember you in floods of tears. I'd never seen you like that, clutching our little child, mm. Luda. I felt terrible. I felt absolutely but terrible. You kind of, I guess, have to, in a way, like switch off because you go into work mode and you have to fully focus on what you're doing, knowing that you're not going to be able to, you know, contact your. It's it's it, it, I, it's a metaphor for life, isn't it? If you drag if you drag those um, th- th- those emotions with you wherever you go. It's almost impossible. You, you guys are performers, and I, I can imagine you must have, throughout your lives, you must have had to perform, both of you, in a, on occasions when you really didn't want to because you'd lost someone or because you just split up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. 
and uh, and yeah, I think literally this, that is the worst, <laughs> isn't it? Well, I remember, I remember in the early days before doing a live TV show. I'd just been dumped by a girlfriend, and I had to do. Uh, Maybe I had dumped her. <laughs> I don't recall. But I was tr- I was just beside myself, and I had to go on national TV live prime performance. And my mother, who's an actress herself, she, she had taught me from an early age. Not that I'm an actor, by the way, but she's a performer. She taught me from an early age this notion of compartmentalizing, right. and and kind of tucking it away for a moment. It doesn't mean you forget about it. It doesn't mean that it's not there. But it's it's just parking it in a separate corner of your brain and and I didn't entirely do that when I first went away because I kept looking you know my screensaver was my new child and and I thought about you all the time but if it's all consuming especially when you're in a remote part of Ethiopia as I was unable to communicate it's really hard but I'll tell you what really did happen is that overnight I became an emotional wreck and I was actually making a show about young children with facial disfigurements and I couldn't I, I found it almost impossible to not just cry for a week. Every time I met one of these young children who was going to have life-changing surgery and, and following the whole process, I, I held it together in front of them. But as soon as I turned my back, I just, I, I, I was highly over-emotional. I yeah. don't know if you experienced that I, as well. I'm still experiencing it. Andrex, um, uh, <laughs> Andrex adverts, the puppy. Health insurance adverts, and, I cry in them. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm worse than, you're, you're not that bad. I mean, we watch TV together. I mean, we were watching Gareth Malone's choir thing the other day. That gets, that gets you crying every time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, literally, it's worse now. Like, the, the episode of The Crown, that, that awful episode, with, well, it's an amazingly put-together show, but the Aberfan, the, the disaster in Wales with the children. I mean, I was just, I could barely watch it, you know. Um, so what do you think it is? Why is it that we, and I, and I say well, we, I think, not just men, women as well. Well, I can't help but instantly put, you know, you you put yourself in that situation, or put your children in that situation. You know, as you say, when you ever do work with charities, or it's just kind of it really cuts you deep. I find now. Um, I was lucky. You, you mentioned earlier about how you feel as a dad and whether you feel like a part of the process in the first six months, or first year. I was lucky with Lola. The moment I clearly remember the moment she was born, and I instantly fell in love. Like I instant it was love at first sight and I was just completely obsessed like with her from day one and interestingly with our second child Kit it wasn't the same I didn't feel an instant connection I don't know why and I'm just being honest it's not something I feel ashamed of or anything it just is what it is and I I'd said about six months I started to fall in love with him and I loved him obviously but I just didn't have that same did you worry about that, not having that I connection? I didn't worry because I had friends who had had a similar thing with their first. So, you know, well, my bandmate had it, you know, and he, he really worried. He just couldn't understand and he thought there was something wrong with him, you know. And, but then it happened at the similar time that it happened for me and Kit. Um, so and did for, you talk to Izzy about it? Yeah, Izzy yeah. was fully aware. Yeah. Um, like with Lola, I was literally the most annoying dad on the planet like literally like look at her isn't she just perfect you know and and everything was just amazing and you know and then with Kit I obviously loved him and he's gorgeous but it was just it was a very different feeling so I think going back to those first few months that first year with the baby I found it just complete joy the whole time um and then the second was a very different experience. I found it. I then ex- I then understood why people complained a lot. For Lola, I found amazing, easy. She was very, all yeah. She when, led us into a false kind of... All we got when you'd say, oh, my wife's pregnant, was people going, oh, God, mate, oh, mate, your life's about to change. And, and guys being really sort of negative about it. And I couldn't understand it. And then after she was born, I was just like, this is crazy. This is amazing. Why is everyone moan about this and then when we had Kit I was like ah right I see (laughs) because I think what a lot of dads struggle with is how much life changes you know gone are your lions gone are the weekends gone is the decision that you do what you want to do when you do it and I think it's really difficult and gone your wife as well yes exactly (laughs) yeah this sort of grumpy old toad I'm speaking (laughs) for myself um, who sort of replaced your once kind of lovely and accommodating wife and I think it can be really difficult I was talking to my sister who's a GP and she says that she's just been a lot of dads who come to see her and they're like I'm just not enjoying it at all and I find that we had such a great life beforehand and now it's 
all changed. I mean, did you have that sort of sentiment at all? Well, I think I think we, we were listening at the weekend to Michael McIntyre doing the most hilarious set, and 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 it was this, it, it was dream versus reality, and he was talking. I was just listening in the in the background. Um, the kids are finding it hilarious. They, they, they were finding it oh, hilarious. He's just he's the best. He, he's amazing oh. because he he speaks such truth, truth and honesty yeah. with hilarity. And he was talking about the the, dream, the the notion is this little child wearing perfect dungarees with pigtails running through yeah. a meadow, giggling and chuckling and, and you fl- throwing them around on your shoulders. And then the reality is this monster who thinks that you, you've um, brought corporal punishment back for brushing their hair <laughs> and, uh, and they can never find their shoes. And they, it, it, it's, it's the, the, the perception of what parenthood will be versus the reality of mm-hmm. it. And I think once, you, once you've conceded to the fact that it's not necessarily going to be that dreamlike perfection that you'd um, imagined... It's the greatest thing ever. I, yeah. you know, just, just to... I, absolutely. I think for me, it's such a fine line between, with having children, between it being the most incredible, perfect experience to the most like awful and stressful experience. Such a fine line. And I was chatting to someone about this the other day, about how many children do you want? And you're saying, well, of course, you know, you don't regret it. If you did, did have that third or your fourth, of course you don't. Um, but... I was making the point, but if it's so great, why don't we just keep having kids? Why don't we have 10? You know, because it is difficult for so many different reasons. Um, but yeah, at the same time, obviously, it's hard to complain because we have two happy, healthy children. But yeah, it's that very fine line. You know, we have moments where we sit there and one of them does something and you literally we start, like our eyes start filling up with tears because we're like, that is the most beautiful, gorgeous thing ever. But then five minutes later we're like shouting and arguing with each other because they're causing a stressful situation. You know, it's, it's a very fine line, I think. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It is a shock, I think, though, at the beginning that, that you know, lack of sleep never makes anything kind of any mm-hmm. easier. And especially sometimes people get at that with the difference between having one and two that you just think... What, what have we done? Yeah. And I de- did you ever think that? Do you remember? I mean, I only was definitely quite tricky as a baby. And I just remember thinking, how do people do this? I remember being lulled into it. <clears throat> I thought two was going to be easier than Yes, yeah, some people I, I, say some, that, don't they? Well, I, kind of, I, I hate to use the analogy, but because I grew up with dogs, it's the only comparison I can give. And <laughs> I always shut found them away having, in, the, I, in, the, in the kitchen. Well, I always found two easier than one because they kept each other company and you didn't mm-hmm. worry about them so much. And, and it just felt like you, if you were making food for one, you were making food for two. It, it was almost like economies of scale, but it wasn't quite like that. Um, but I think I, it's, I think what Harry said is really interesting. That line is very, very fine. And and the more I think about it, and maybe this is with experience, you just have to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think if you try to fight it, if you try to fight the fact that you once had a house that you were very proud of and you like to have it all neat and tidy, once you've conceded to the fact, it won't remain like that. You just have to accept that, you know, when Ludo comes back from you know, at a weekend, it's unbelievable. I mean, he opens everything everywhere. There's boxes, there's books. And actually, I'm not particularly house proud, so it doesn't bother me that much, but... If you were, I was. The, where, where you? Uh, were, to an extreme. Were you? Yeah, to uh, a, I, actually to an unhealthy really? level. Yeah. So I, maybe this was healthy for you. Very too. healthy. And yesterday, no Sunday, you know, Kit was eating his food, and I turned around, and he was eating like pasta, and he'd, he'd been using his hands. He just turned around, 
and he started slapping the wall. And I could see these oil like hampers. And um, did you start perspiring? No, I didn't. This is a thing. My friend's kid... If I had done that how many years ago, then my we friend's kid it. was doing it as well, but he didn't have the oily hands. And my, my friend was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that's what, not, you know, that was Kit. And I literally I looked up and I was just like, Kit, don't bang the wall, mate, you know. But it, it was a case of don't do that at the table. It wasn't, oh my God, the oil on the wall. I genuinely didn't care. And that is where having children has been a great therapy for what was actually an issue for me. The house proud, obsessive, you know, stuff. So, and did that come instantly? Was that your love for the kids that sort of inspired that pragmatism? Or uh, was that something that... Took, that was a little transition, I think. Lola was quite easy. She, she wasn't that destructive. Um, yeah, I, I kind of slowly transitioned. And I think also, to be completely honest, you know, whilst we were going through that, Izzy had to sort of say to me, look, I can't do this like anymore because with you being like that and us having children you know you've got to t- I had to take a look at myself and um it's been really it's been a relief because I genuinely don't care now but it's I, if friends are getting used to it now because they come over and they're like shoes off don't want to take my shoes off and I'm like no 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 I've changed it's like, keep your shoes on like scrape the walls like be my guest and it's yeah, don't use a coaster it's fine yeah no still use a coaster um <laughs> Still use a coaster. Um, But yeah. But I think what interests me, I don't know how you guys have found it, but they talk a lot about mother's instinct, don't they? They talk about, which is very strong. And I think something as mums we forget to listen to because there's so many external information and advice now that to actually stop and go, but what do I think is right right now for my baby? And there's something I lost touch with, I think, for sure. But it really interests me how Harry's instinct, often, I've actually, I've actually gone, oh, has she? I think you're right there. Because they talk so much about mothers. But I think fathers have this, this well, I've certainly found that with Harry. This, it's a backup instinct, I think. But I think you do. I think I've had to kind of encourage that, kind of give you the confidence as well. Because I think it's that thing of the mum knows. But actually, you're very good at picking up picking yeah. up things that sometimes I don't see. I don't know if you guys, but Izzy's had that. very much been, since we've had kids, Izzy's very much been the boss. You know, like <laughs> the trousers have been switched. You know, when we were just, when we were a couple before, our dynamic, to be completely honest, was, you know, as your mum and dad, as your mum says, there's always a, it sounds so wrong, as your mum says, there's always a giver and a taker in a relationship. Um, but, um, which with us, it was, Izzy was, is very caring, very kind, I, you know, and very much like, look after me, you know, most of our dynamic was, I was in a band, touring, she'd come with me, we had a great fun, great life, and suddenly when we had kids, Izzy being this kind, caring person, shifted all of that energy towards our children, so that has been a kind of transition, mm. um, and I've slipped into that, Izzy suddenly being boss, and this is what's happening. She's very organised, very on it. So with the kids, I'm just like, yeah, okay. So how much do I, how much, you know, medicine do they need or what food do they need? And so you're right. It's then for me having the confidence to go, well, actually, do you think maybe it might be this? And would you, say you had the kids and one of them had a temperature, would you call her or would you go, right, you need some Calpol and I know how much to give you? <laughs> I can cope with the Calpol, but, um, well, like the other night, Kit was like, just, his <laughs> yeah. nose was just like, what so just well, he's got a constant double barreled snot gun, I call it. Like um but he was really sniffing and he was really upset and I was like and Izzy was asleep and it was like twelve o'clock and I was thinking, right, what would Izzy do? <laughs> so I was like, okay, get the books, tilt the cot up, shove the books underneath, get that on an angle. Um and then I'm like, oh, I need to get that thing that creates the air, you know, what are they called? Um, but I need that sort of menthol flavour as well to clear the nose. So I'm trying to think how to do it and I just couldn't find it. And I eventually was just, you know, like, crept into the bedroom. Is he? Is he? She's like, what? I'm like, Kit's got a bit of a cold. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I tried. And then she just sort of storms past me and just, that's where that is. That's where I'm like, okay, yep, yep. And that's not quite fair, wasn't it? Don't get me wrong, but I don't, I understand. I'm pretty feeble when it comes to some things. But, you know... We uh, we have our strengths, we have our, our roles, you know, like you do pre-kids in relationships. I very much like to just scoop the kids up and, and go and, you know, if it's swimming or getting muddy and Izzy's very much like, eh, you know, not interested. But 
I don't mind that. I kind of so yeah. We kind of we we we, we play our. Role. What about you? Have you? Well, I was just thinking actually, if there's any times Marina, that you've Marina's messed always up, always worn the trousers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, we should just start by that. I, I married as we went on. Really, but I think I'll let you give your thoughts as well. I think one of the things from the husband's perspective, the father's perspective, is that. Because Marina went through so much, mm. you know, we, we had C-sections, there was, you know, she had to have her tummy cut open. It was almost like, I think I felt that Marina just deserved to To have, be right the whole time? To, to, it, 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 it's, it's almost like that. I, I, I felt guilty about saying anything. Yeah. I, no, you can choose the name. No, you, you can decide the wall colour of the nursery. I, I don't I really same mind. thing with the name. Mm-hmm. After I'd watched Izzy give birth, I was like... <laughs> Over to you. Yeah. Over to you. I know, Ben wanted to call Ludo George. I was like, no, it's going to be Ludo. As I'm like lying there on the operating table. And I always say to women on the bump class, if there's a sort of, you know, if you're, you're deciding about the name and you have two different opinions, I'm like, just wait until the baby's born and then it's clear that it's absolutely your decision. <laughs> your but I was wondering whether there are any times when you kind of messed up as a father. And I was thinking back to uh, one of the first times that, no, it wasn't one of the first times, but we were we were traveling. Ludo had just started eating solids and I was on the hunt for organic vegetables to puree with the sort of steamer and puree that I'd actually lugged out to Portugal with us. And there weren't very many organic vegetable shops. And then I came back and I'd left Ludo, who was six months old, I think, with Ben and my father, who's a GP. And I walked in and he's there sitting on Ben's lap eating a calippo <laughs> <laughs> what how old was it six months six months oh, six oh months. no great for like, TV was, can I just say it was a holiday <laughs> ice creams ice lollies that's what you have on holidays I was like, what are you doing giving him a calippo and Ben goes it's lime flavour it's fruit I'm like <laughs> I couldn't believe it but you know what it was great that you know, Ludo obviously survived. Yeah. He's fine. His teeth survived. And I was just really grateful that you had him. But d- hang on a second. I don't think Ben's failed there. This mm. is, I'm on Ben's side because Izzy and I have had many tense situations in our relationship post kids because of this exact reason. Izzy was the same thing. It's like, you're not like this anymore, but it was. But very, with your ev- first, everything it's the has first to be so perfect. So talking mm. organic vegetables and all this. And I'm literally there just rolling. I'm sure. Thinking your dad is a GP, he was probably rolling his eyes yeah, too. Like, totally. Oh, it's really not that big a deal. And I think it's kind of, yeah, you, you put your that pressure on yourself for everything to be like perfect. But But yeah. every stage as a mum, when they go right, when they go to the weaning stage, the responsibility to feel that you're gonna get it right for them is so massive. Whereas and I think you were always sort of that um, rational mind mm. that just helps to just kind of keep you a little bit and it's a give and take it. because obviously yeah. kids can't have calippos the whole time yeah. and I think our kids would eat a lot more chocolate and sweets if it was just Ben in charge I'm a bit more kind of let's just focus on the veg a bit Yeah. but I also think that it was a really good learning experience for me that the calippo didn't kill our, our six month old and <laughs> actually what kids want from you is to be happy and relaxed parents so yeah. we did actually laugh about it right at the beginning but it was I really appreciated that that sort of that more slightly more relaxed attitude because I think especially as mothers you can be so obsessed by getting mm. it right the whole time being mm. perfect the whole time doing it like Gina Ford says or whatever the book says and so that you sort of relinqu- you relinquish any enjoyment which is the whole point mm. of being a parent you literally that that resonates yeah me, with it? with Lola certainly actually being able to enjoy it because you're just worrying non-stop mm. yeah. you, ne- you never but that's why off. I wrote a book about yeah. <laughs> being able to be present to enjoy it but yeah. I was going to ask when you were talking about um with Ben going away and suddenly you were on your own did you cope better than you thought you would have yeah I did I remember being in tears on the doorstep and that's really unlike me I'm not usually a crier but I remember he left and I was in that sort of Ludo was only about two weeks old you know just oh. constant feeding nappies burping feeding nappies burping 24 hours a day yeah. and I was in shock and I thought we need to get this sorted out and actually I then bought a book about a sort of gentle routine and I just got Ludo into a bit more of a predictable routine mm-hmm. which he really thrived on and I remember I think you came back and I was just sorted I mean it was January it was miserable it was yeah. snowing so I couldn't even go out that much couldn't drive because I'd had a c-section and and I just remember coming back and thinking, I can do this. Yeah. I can absolutely. And that was quite empowering. Because it gives you that confidence, yeah. doesn't it? I think when you're suddenly faced to just have to get on and deal with it, yeah. it's, you realise the strength that you actually do have. Yeah. And, and you know, from a father's perspective as well, that was, 
if I'm to be honest as well, that was quite a nerve wracking trip because there was also this realization that my job will always entail being away for periods of time. Mm. I can't, I can't just step off that train. I, I've created a career now that involves travel to wild, faraway places. And yes, I could get a nine to five job. I could, I don't know who would employ me. I, I, <laughs> I could find, what, I could what find, would you do? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that I'd get on with whatever. I really, I think I, I think I'm quite an adaptable chameleon like person. I don't think I necessarily enjoy it, but then sometimes you do have to make sacrifices. So I think probably headline the, the, this, this comment now that I could find something else, but the career that I've created that creates the lifestyle that, that we now live involves being away. And at that moment in Ethiopia, I was constantly thinking, oh, am I going to have this every time? What what mm. what happens if every single trip, and I really do do quite a lot of the, the, those equivalent trips every year, what, what happens if this, if I can't do this anymore? As mm. in Marina can't cope, I have to be there, I have to be a, a much more... Um, present parent. That, by the way, when I say present parent, that doesn't mean I'm not physically present when I'm here, but yeah. physically yeah. present. Yeah. And it was quite nerve wracking, and, and we kind of got over that that hump. But I think a lot of parents probably. Well, that do was, go that was just me crying on the doorstep. You know, it takes on a different guise when it's your child going, "Daddy, don't leave." And do you remember when Iona a year ago, I think it was, or two years ago, she went through that stage where she cried for a day when you left, oh. and that's got to be so difficult. I mean, that. Awful. How old was yeah. she? Awful. How old was she when she said that? I'm just prepping myself. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, do you know six, what? It happened six really or seven, late. I'd say. Yeah, it, it happened aged about six or seven, out of nowhere. We were actually away on holiday. Maybe that was one of the reasons. And I'd been away for a couple of weeks, and I think she'd got used to having me around for a long time, mm. and it killed me. I mean, mm. as a you know, I'm, it's a, it's a proper. We have a proper kind of daddy daughter relationship. It's really it's really beautiful. I love my, I love my relationship with both the children, mm. but. For some reason, with Iona, I don't know. Maybe there's an extra. She's his number one fan. I mean, yeah, literally, I daddy obsession. Another just, one over here. <laughs> going know, on. I love having a, a fan, and I just can't do anything wrong. And uh, I, in fact, earlier oh. this year, she came up to Scotland for three days, just she and I. And I hate to say this in front of you, it was one of the best trips I've ever, ever oh, had. That's so it, there was something so beautiful about having her. I was so proud of having her there. And we were, we were She didn't really, brush her hair for four days. Yeah, <laughs> she was delighted. We, we lipos for four days straight. It was, it was beautiful. Melt them down, drink them straight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. exactly. <laughs> but but I, think, um, I think you do just have to... Again, we keep going back to mm. this kind of conceding to the fact it won't be perfect. To mm. the, conceding to the fact that you have to change your attitudes to life. And just because something has worked up until now doesn't mean you can't change it. Uh, or, or you you, you um, shouldn't change it. And what about risk and danger mm. and that kind of thing? Because I know that for Harry, he's like the risk assessor, mm. like with the children. Mm. So put himself in scenarios, but if it's the children, you, you get very nervous that something's mm-hmm. going to happen to them. How do you feel? Because obviously you're a complete adventurer. Mm. So do you encourage that with your children or do you, I'm t- do you know, are you I'm, nervous? For, you know, I, I'm almost like a Jekyll and Hyde. So Marina will know if one of the children cut themselves or fall over, I'm the, I panic probably far more than Marina. I'm like, we have to go to a <laughs> So in that sense, I over panic. But when it comes to the, if, it, if, if it's go up to the top of that tree or jump off um, that little cliff. I mean, really small cliff. Um, <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. So I will encourage... You I, will. Will, I will encourage... So it hasn't as changed much, your... Well, when, when we first became parents, overnight I became risk-averse, having embraced my risk all my life, jumping into the water with crocodiles climbing Mount Everest. You did all that those... when Iona was just You're born, right. the crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, but that was the second child. So when Ludo was born, though, when our, when, when our son was born 10 years ago, I found myself overnight becoming completely risk-averse. Mm. I, I wanted to be society's idea of what a dad is, and a dad is present and... Well, I was present for two weeks. But <laughs> a, a dad is present and they protect and nurture and provide and uh, support, all of those things. And I think it took a couple of years until I sort of decided that actually, if I also wanted to be a dad that inspires, and I think it's, you know, I, I think that's our role. I, yeah. I don't know whether you agree, Harry, but I want my children to be inspired and not inspired in the fact they want to become a rock star like you or they want to become a uh, a, a, a sort of uh, an outdoor uh, journeyman like me, but I want them to be inspired by what they see, by by what we do, how we act. Are we happy? Are we... 
Um, uh, 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 are we funny? Are we communicative? Are we are we curious? All of those things I think are really important to project mm-hmm. onto your onto your own children, and that's how I then started to re-engage with risk, because I suddenly realised one day that I wasn't walking the walk. So so I I wasn't doing what I was preaching. So I'm telling mm-hmm. my own children to take risks, to be curious, to follow your dreams. And yet I've become quite stagnant in my own life. And I think that's how I then started to start doing adventures again. So Everest last year or so, you know, many parents, you, you, you may be horrified at the notion of, of someone who has two young children going and climbing what is still quite a dangerous mountain to, to get up to the top of. But for me, that was the role of being, that, that, that was an important manifestation of the role of being a father, which is to inspire my children, mm-hmm. not to climb Everest, but to... To, to be brave and to and so your to purpose has shifted conform. almost I think so reason for I think and, and I think that keeps shifting and I, I don't know if you'll if you've experienced this yet Harry but I think as the children get older you will keep shifting your own role and what you want to encourage your own children to perceive from who you are and what you do yeah well I guess yours as, as well are at that age where they're starting to perceive those things because ours are obviously very much Daddy's just a good. Do they know friend, what you do? Yeah. They. <laughs> um, it changes because I've done a bit of I've done a bit of dancing as well. So there was periods where Lola just thought Daddy was a was a dancer, or <laughs> um, Daddy plays the drums, and so yeah, they're kind of slowly getting to grips with it. Um, and also, actually, when Lola was born, that was when McFly kind of had a two three year hiatus. So I wasn't doing any McFly stuff, um, and we've just started up again. Back, back end of last year so and you're touring this year yeah, touring this year so you're going to spend quite a lot of time away from them or yeah, are they coming to well, how's that going to work we go we're going to yeah we're going to doing some international touring so they they won't be coming i'm not <laughs> looking forward to everyone's that. everyone always asks me this oh it must be really hard with the touring going and away, going away and i'm kind of like wow is it it's quite nice. <laughs> how long will you not see them for not that long that's a good thing so we're, we're going to for example we're going to brazil for two three weeks so you know that's not too bad um and then the uk tour is about six weeks i think but obviously with the uk tour I'm, i can get home and some of the shows are in, in you know south of england so might be staying in london so it's not too bad and um, have you toured like this since they've been born or is this the um, first time that you're this is the first? no i did that tour the dancing show, I oh yes that. yeah yeah so yeah. i was away doing this uh, show called Rip It Up, mm. which was a 60s kind of music and dancing show. Um, so I was away for about seven or eight weeks then. So, yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of okay with it. You don't get the lions and you get, but, you know. Get the lions. Like, the you never is, get the lions. No, the, the thing is, right, <laughs> well, I, I'll be away for like seven weeks on a tour and then I'm at home for four weeks doing one day of something a week maybe. So I'll, I'll be around a lot. Yeah. So I get a lot of quality time with the kids. So the one, then when I'm away for a few weeks, it doesn't really feel that extreme. I think if I had a, a nine to five and the weekends are really precious and then suddenly I was away for six weeks, it would be really difficult. So I can't complain. It's and the key, balance. I think, too, what I've always respected about you, Ben, is that when you're away, obviously you're away, but when you're there, you're totally there, you're present, you're you're 100% committed to the children. And I think I see this with a lot of parents, that they're there, but they're not really there. They're on their iPad, they're kind of doing their emails. And I think that ability to compartmentalise and think, okay, when I'm working, I'm really focusing on working, I'm being really good at what I'm doing. But when I'm at home, I'm going to try and put my phone away, I'm going to try and not be distracted, even if that's just one hour a day or even 10 minutes that's what your kids want the most and actually I was talking to Iona yesterday I said what what do you think makes daddy a good daddy or what does daddy do that you really love and she said gives me piggybacks and I just thought it is it's that attention she Mm. wants to know that your attention is fully on her and not anyone else and that's what my mum always says about her dad um I never knew him well he he died when I was two but she always says to her dad he always had time for me Mm. you know and that's you know I think that's quite poignant really because Mm. it's it's not the big things and the big gestures and spoiling your children it's just having time for them knowing mm. th- them knowing that mm. you're giving them the time so true I, every summer my dad we'd have a day to Brighton and I remember it so clearly and we'd have candy floss on the pier we'd get on the train to Brighton it was a really special just the two of us because I'm one of four so having quality time just with one parent was quite rare but I really treasure those those memories and I, I always say that to you don't, mm-hmm. that how important that role that father daughter 
connection is. Yeah, I don't um, know about you, but my daughter totally plays me as well. She's, oh, good. she's four. She, she, she'll get me to do anything. Anything. <laughs> <basically>. <laughs> <Wrapped> <laughs> <on the> finger. <laughs> but, but it comes back, you know, I so often, almost every day I hear someone say, how how do your family feel about you being away? Because, you know, to put it in, I'm probably away for seven months of the year or so. Mm. And, and I'm often asked, quite understandably, how it works with the family. And, and I think we've just summed it up there, especially, you know, that, that your memories, mm. I think, are so important in... in in The bigger picture. In the bigger picture, because mm. it's it's about quality, not quantity. You could You might be a parent who is present... 365 days a year all 24 hours a day and I meet a lot of people in my job actually I spend a lot of time with people who have gone to live with their children in the wilderness and they live in a tiny cabin just that tight little unit with no outside interference and it works for some it doesn't work so well for others but I think for, for us I am entirely present when I'm here and, and I don't try to spread myself too thin by doing a bit of work and a bit of family all at the same time and, and never and not really perfecting either of those. I have almost compartmentalised it. So work is here and uh, family is here. And I think you, you, you're quite sensible because there have been occasions when uh, that Scottish trip was half work. But um, there have been occasions where I've thought, oh, I'll, tip, I'll bring the kids with me for yeah. a job that I've done. And Marina has been the very rational, sensible yeah, like, like when you asked, you said for my birthday treat, we were going to fly to Kuala Lumpur for the UN conference on, on environment. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I can't wait yeah, for that sorry. celebration. <laughs> but I, th- I think you do have to try and be sensible about where you um, where you mix it because I was going to suggest to you you could you could you could make a tour bus with a playroom and yeah, a nursery yeah we about it it's difficult as well I don't know what's normal like uh, we want to be touring for forever right and so I'm like okay but I never thought I'd have kids that would be on the road and coming on tour buses and being backstage and seeing you know audiences kind of screaming at what their dad's doing I'm like it's, it's kind of cool, like I, I think that's cool, but at the same time, I want my kids to have a really normal life and I, I kind of want them to have what I had, which was a dad that went to an office every day and came back and, you know, had that kind of stability, but I can't control that. So I kind of just going to have to go with the flow, I guess. But Have they ever seen you perform? Uh, Lola has, yeah, Lola's come. She's, she's, we played the O2 in November and actually she didn't come because... We just felt well. Izzy felt she. It was the first time McFly had done a gig in three years, and we we'd been a band for fifteen years. It was quite an emotional. That's how we met. Yeah, it was like quite a... an emotional night for everyone. You know, it was for all of us, all the bandmates. We're you know, we're like we've been through a lot together. We're bandmates, brothers, friends, everything. And so to have those three years was a really difficult three years for us all, kind of. And so to, that night was really special. It was, special, it was right? important to Izzy to be able to, she just said, I just want to come and enjoy and celebrate. And actually, you know, Lola probably would have been engaged for about two songs and then it would have been distracting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, but she came, she's come to watch a couple of dancing shows, which are slightly more entertaining for her, I think. It's a little less loud. But we'll bring her in, in this year on the, on the, the tour. The first time yeah. she came was the, uh, my bandmate Tom's written these amazing kids' books. One's called The Christmasaurus. And he adapted it into a, into a play for Christmas. And I was in that, and I danced in that. And there was a dance I did where I kind of walked from the side of stage, and my dance partner came from the other side, and we walked together. And then as the chorus finished, we would start dancing for the second verse. And there was a kind of bar break of silence when we come together. And there was like 4,000 people in the Hammersmith Apollo. And in that bar break, I just heard, It's Daddy! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a really romantic... Oh, and I was like... Get straight to the street. That was so lovely. Yeah, so that's a nice memory. Do you... Are there, is there anything you've done where you felt that you're not such a great dad? Because often yeah. that we're learning is through our mistakes and sort yeah, of experiencing lots. like, well, we haven't done... in most days I feel like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I'm you know, being completely candid, I think one thing I struggle with is I'm, is, I can be really like, happy fun dad, but if something is stressing me out, or like, whether it's, work, I don't know, what it is, exterior work, an exterior stress. stress, yeah, I can, you know, if I get short tempered, you know, and the children are just being children, and I then start playing to their behaviour, and I start almost behaving like a four year old too, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't get out of hand, but if it, if ever I start talking to them 
like a child myself, which I hate to admit happens more often than, than it should. You know, even this morning, I was just like getting frustrated because we needed to leave the house and Kit wasn't listening to me. And I was like, right, okay, fine. We're just going to leave then, Kit. Okay, come on, Lona, we're going, you know, and went to pretend to shut the door. And I'm just like, hey, what are you doing? Just take a deep breath, you know. So that's somewhere, but I think in life in general, I've always been quite, you know, determined and quite sort of, um, you know, bossy, I don't know, just kind of. But I think it's, you know, we talked about how children often teach us so much more than we Mm. feel that we can teach them. And I do feel that sort of that quest for perfection is so insidious in our lives nowadays. Mm. And, And someone said to me, you know, one of the most important things you can do is model to your children how to apologize, Mm -hmm. to hold your hand up and go, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have shouted at you or I shouldn't have have snapped at you yes. and you're teaching them that because plenty of people can't apologize they find it very difficult well, we, our daughter finds it quite hard <laughs> that's the thing when you start to see well, we, yeah, that's your, your traits in your children that's the other thing you where you go yeah. wow that is exactly me and yeah. do you guys reckon, do you recognize yeah and I see it in, I, I love my dad but you know I'm so similar to him and we can be very kind of the, like the sociable ones, wanting to make people laugh, have a good time. But then also we can be very much like, this is the way it has to be. Why is, it, why is everyone not listening to me? I know best, you know. And so I'm trying to quash that a little bit, you know, in that um, I think most of the time I'm doing okay. I think the children have taught me how to be patient. I've used a lot of Izzy's mindfulness techniques with breathing and the kind of just don't react, just wait um and yeah and and again apologizing so you know Izzy and I had an argument the other day in front of the children oh it's the worst something we really oh. try not to do but I take most of the it's actually quite one. a funny story for this one this is one of the main reasons we argue because <laughs> I often am trying to do the right thing because Izzy is so on it with everything so I was I took the kids out for the morning and I took them to this sort of play club, you know, and Did I thought... you give them a calippo? <laughs> worse. <laughs> worse. 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 I gave them lunch without telling Izzy. Yeah. So I thought... So Marina, what was I doing at home whilst they were out preparing lunch? Right. right? So I thought, I'll give them lunch. What a great husband I am, you know. I'll bring them home. They'll be fed. Izzy will think, oh, my darling husband... And I'll just take Kit up to bed. Don't worry, Izzy, you've had the whole morning to yourself. So I come Cooking, in. Cooking, lunch. I've kind of got this scenario of like, I'm such a great husband here. You know, not literally thinking that, but like, Izzy's going to be so pleased. Because most of the time I'm probably annoying her. So I come in, I'm like, and she's there. I'm like, oh, she's making lunch. And I was like, Izzy, I've, oh, I've fed them. And literally she goes, yeah. Are, like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, what? I fed them. I thought you'd be happy. Are you actually kidding me? I've just made them lunch. I'm like, so what? I said, what have you made them lunch? What does it matter? I was like, and then that turned into that. You know, I've, I went and bought the food. I've been preparing the food. I'm like, I took them out so you can have the morning off. You think I do nothing. Well, I've been doing this. You as a dad, you just stroll in and you just think it's all fun and games. I've been here, I've been out shopping, I've been preparing this, I've been cutting them, I've been. A, I'm like, what are you doing? That you know, and it's ridiculous. And the kids are just sat there, colouring and eating. Whatever. The kid had two lunches that day, so it's a bonus for him. Um, and you know, but I did that thing. So we had the, you know, we 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 were not behaving pro- appropriately. appropriately. <laughs> so and I went to Lola um, and just said to her, "I'm really sorry that Mummy and Daddy were shouting at each other. That's not how we should we communicate." Shouting, no, we were. Clearly cross, but I her. was cross because, and I explained it to her. Uh, bless her, she just put her hand. She went, "It's okay, mummy. Let's do some mindful breathing." <laughs> bless her, because I didn't do. She, she held your hands. It's okay, mummy. Yeah, we can be calm. We can be calm. We'll do some. It was so, but it's so true. If you had, if you say to them, this, you know, it's much easier than trying to to not apologize or to show them that we don't always get it right yeah. and you know well, I think yeah. Lola's like Izzy she's quite calm mm. and you know and Kit's like me he's quite sensitive and gets upset and reacts and so I can so Izzy finds Kit difficult because mm. like she finds me difficult <laughs> whereas I find Kit okay because I know how he feels mm. so I'm like mate I know I know mm. it's okay. what about your two who well, do they um Oh, God, Ludo is kind of quite calm and Iona is quite sure. I don't think any I, of them I, resemble me in any way. Well, Marina and Iona 
argue with each other <laughs> far more than any How other. How old is Iona? Iona is eight. eight now, and she's like a mini Marina, and and they both wind each other up, quite frankly. And I find myself coming down, <laughs> just saying, "Calm down," to both, both of, them. of you. Like, yeah, yesterday, I, really, I, I was plaiting her hair to go to school, and she didn't want me to touch her hair. She just wanted some messy thing that Ben had put in the elastic. And by the time we got to school, it's like down here. She's had knits already about five times this year, so I was like, "I'm tying your hair back," and she's like, "No, don't do it." And as she walked into school, she turned around in tears. She went, "Mummy." All I want is to be happy. Like, <laughs> no. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I just couldn't help laughing because oh I mean, what can you do? But of course, that was the worst thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think they do both take after you know different traits in each of us, and I think you also have to be respectful as parents that you know sometimes they're going to be a bit more emotionally vulnerable, sometimes they're going to be uh, a little bit more antagonistic. All, all of those traits that we see in one another that we have. We have the maturity as grown-ups to be able to understand how to how to be careful, how to, to tread gently. But I think it's also not about totally pandering. I think that, that it's very easy, and I found myself sometimes doing it, of just thinking, oh, do you know what, Iona, she's not in a good mood today. I'm going to tiptoe around her. I think that's that one equally, fly, yeah. Well, I, th- I think that can be equally dangerous because then it builds up this notion that, that actually they have more power over you than perhaps... They should. And I think this whole power dynamic shift is fascinating. I mean, I could chat about this for, for ages. But they're trying to work it out, aren't they? It's well, so they're... difficult. Because you're at that stage now, and I'm trying to, I'm preempting. So mm. it's very interesting to hear how it how it is going for you guys. Because when do you, well, what point do you, do you say no? What point and it's you... difficult because obviously as a couple, you have to agree. Because you need consistency for children. Like no has to be no, regardless of whether it's mummy or daddy in the room. And I think that's one thing that we've always been really honest about. You know, just say, do you know what? You need to respect my views on this and I'll respect your views on this. But kind of talk it out so that and your we children don't, well, aren't... It's important to say we don't always agree yeah. on those. You know, we, I think we, we have different attitudes on what's not what's right and wrong, I think that's usually relatively clear, but certainly kind of rules and, and laying down um, l- laying down guidelines. I don't think we have rules necessarily. Uh, it is important that you, you share those. Otherwise, mm. the result is that you then find it it, it, it then affects your own relationship. And that's disaster because, pe- because children do pick up the vibe from a house. So if your house is full of happiness and laughter, I, I'm in no doubt that children will be happier and smilier if a house is is full of angst and and a couple is constantly at, at each other's throats i i do think children pick that up 100 uh, yeah. and so I, th- I think we both have an agreed we try to have a happy house i'm, I'm slightly obsessed with it a bit like your cleanliness <laughs> i just want to have smiles and and, mm-hmm. and not forced smiles and happiness but when, when i'm ha- when i'm having a down day and we all have them if i'm feeling blue First of all, I'll go for a run. I'll try and get it out of my system. I'll go, I'll, I'll go and do some exercise. And I'll just try and keep it to myself. And I know it's easier said than done because I, probably like you, Harry, I'm very similar. I do absorb worries. And contrary to what some people might think, I'm not eternally happy, uh, as in I do have down days. Yeah. But I also think it's quite important to not necessarily project. And, and I do and I share with Luda and Anna. They were watching one of my shows the other day where I admitted that um, I do sometimes have negative thoughts and, and, and they haven't stopped asking about it because mm-hmm. I think it, I think it was maybe the first, cause I haven't necessarily said to them, by the way, sometimes I have a down day. I just mm. I haven't felt the need right now, but they saw me admitting it on television. And if I'm going to admit it on television, mm. I'm going to share with them. And they said, but what, what kind of down, what, mm. what kind of dark thoughts, daddy? And I was like, I was like, well, I don't necessarily know. Just sometimes I don't feel as happy as I should or could. And they kept, you know, how the why. Yeah, why. why? But it wasn't annoying. I just thought it was genuinely um, probing for them because they want to understand. Because they're trying to Mm. build up their own understanding of how life works. But I think that's another really good skill. What you've really always done is talk to the children like adults. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's so tempting just to be sort of dismiss them. And they're always asking questions of our kids, which is great, but it can get a little annoying because you literally don't get a conversation because what, what, what's that? Mm. Um, and I think Ben is really good actually at always sort of talking to them like an adult. And that starts from quite a small time, a small age, because actually mm. to feel that as a child, that your questions are answered and that your oh, emotions, hurt. exactly. I think that is such an important thing. Mm. Yes, yesterday, the children are bored senseless with Brexit. Thankfully, it's kind of all left, it's left the kind of our vocab. They're bored senseless with it. It's just their eyes roll. They do the izzy when you came back, uh, having fed them. <laughs> fed just them. mouth open, eyes up. 
Anyway, yesterday, yesterday the Radio 4, for some reason... No, we mentioned the backstop. I didn't even know what... I, I, by the way, we're not getting into a deep conversation <laughs> yeah. here. I didn't even know really what the backstop <laughs> well, is. I've Googled it, read it about it many times, and still it's, don't quite It's still it. <laughs> vastly confusing. Anyway, one of us mentioned backstop. What's that? What is it? You don't want to know. What is it? Tell us. What is it? And anyway, I really hoped that I could bore them out of asking Good questions. Question. I was yeah, like, yeah. okay, you asked, here we go. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I did it talk about ch- you know descending into childhood tactics. Yeah, that that right, was my right. uh, attempt there. I but I say, it's really interesting to say about Happy House, and it's a, it reminds me, you know, something that Izzy and I have a conversation outside of when the you know children aren't there, is just to remember to be like just kind and nice to one another because the monotony of life can sometimes take over the monotony of the schedule up in the morning you're both tired you know you and it's just remembering just to be nice to one another to create that good environment because you can start going down your day on your route and my route and because you don't have time for one another and Mm. you know the only time you have is maybe of an evening when the kids are asleep and you've I mean, rarely. I mean, Izzy's then straight out on her laptop doing admin and work and stuff. And so, but when we have those moments, that's when we can really hear each other and listen to each other and mm. and have that relationship. But most of the time you can't. So it's, again, what you're saying, Ben, it's a really healthy reminder for us to that environment that you create. And that's something that we control and mm. that's very much comes from your relationship. And Well, just, it was quite you know, telling. I was talking to the kids about Christmas the other day and, you know, it was a month ago since Christmas. And I said, you know, what do you remember about Christmas was your favourite thing? No presents were mentioned. What they loved the most about Christmas Day was playing British Bulldogs on the lawn yeah. after lunch. That was their favourite thing. And, you know, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. But I think so often as parents, we get so obsessed with the material. I must mm. earn money. We must get a nice house and it's got to have a lovely finish and the mm. glass that I want. And actually, what ultimately you want as a parent is for your kids to be happy. And they don't care about, like, whether or not you've, you know, won the dancing show or been on the Sunday Times top 10 bestsellers your daddy they want you and your time and I think often we get distracted with Mm. the sort of day-to-day things that we think are important but actually aren't important and our children are going to be so much more affected by that you know if you think our childhood versus theirs you know just technology yeah for starters cool off the uh, renovations um (laughs) (laughs) and also not important it's just so not good because that's the truth that now I look at the garden I think well how can I make this a fun space for the kids not yeah. like how can they this a really nice garden once a year i'll tell you what i was thinking today when i was walking in the park as well is there's this there's a saying that you as a parent you're only as happy as your most unhappy child well the same mm. can be true for the child the child is only as happy as the unhappiest parent you pick up you you you're, we're so attuned to picking up um, uh, sentiments and feelings mm. and emotions, whether they're there or not. You, if you go into a house and you you go out for dinner with a couple, I bet you go home at the end of that evening and go, do, do you think they were happy? I, I, I kind of got a feeling they, they weren't, even though they tried to smile. Yeah, I bet you'll go, go away from this and go, do you think Ben and Marie like each other? <laughs> Notice them holding hands. God forbid. <laughs> Izzy spends most of her time at, like, those scenarios kicking me under the table. Going, Don't say that. Actually, I'm like, what? It's fine, isn't it? Like, You're so inappropriate. Um, but, but I just, you just want to just be honest, yeah, right? And just yeah. like. Um, but that garden, you're know, back to the garden. What's going to make the ki- the happiest garden for your kids? It's not the amazing treehouse or the climbing frame. It's you. Yeah. And the it's memories you. in your garden. I mean, the memories I've got from our family garden and playing with my the brothers, my brothers and yeah. dad kicking around. Well, I was always ball girl, inevitably, with three older brothers. I was the one always just on that duty. But Apparently, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? But also, I think, as you... It's it's a strange transition when you become a parent, how you think of your parents and how that also starts to bring up a load of things about your childhood and, you know, how you suddenly understand why your parents are the way they are or, I don't know, you suddenly think, yeah, they all they're doing is their best. Mm. 
they're just in and you grow mm. up thinking that mm. they are literally mm. you know mm. and someone said to me once rather than think about what you want to achieve for your family think about what you ch- want your children to remember mm. about christmas or easter mm. or your holiday or your whatever it was and actually we think back to what when i think about to my par- parents and my childhood probably the thing i'm most grateful for is that they were happy together mm. and that i didn't have to cope with like the of you know family that you know were divorced that were warring the whole time and i think as i tell this on the bump class the whole time you know when i talk to couples i'm like think about your relationship because your relationship as a couple is at the heart of your family's relationship and actually it doesn't really matter how your baby is born how long they were breastfed for whether they went to baby signing or learned to play the clarinet you know ultimately what they what matters the most is that their home environment is a happy and harmonious one Mm. and that's something that you can't buy but you can invest in and I think that's often something that gets overlooked you know you just become so kind of Mm. tunnel vision I think especially that first year of having children one thing is so important to remember it sounds so obvious but is not to compare and also remembering that every child and every parent is different you know it doesn't just because your kid is doing one thing and the other kid is it doesn't matter you know we happen to be really lucky with Lola she was like really easy but then Kit's been you know challenging in other ways Mm. but it will change do you know what I feel that with our two children there's like one that's sailing one that's not doing so well then the other one's sailing Mm. the other one's not doing so well and actually until you they're a bit older and you see that perspective it's really difficult to appreciate that Mm. but it they changes the whole time every day it changes doesn't it well thank you all so much I've so enjoyed having this chat and I do think having that kind of you know distance to look back um, on your job as a parent because I think one thing that Ben and I are acutely aware of now is you know Ludo's going to be 10 you know Ben said to me the other day we've had half of the life that, of, that we've got of his so in another 10 years he's not been in Christmas with us so we're over that and I, I, I remember we were lying in bed and I was like Oh, I feel like crying now. Yeah. <laughs> but it is fleeting. It doesn't feel like it does at the time, but it goes so fast. I know. Well, Lola turned four, and literally the evening of her birthday, as I went to pick her out of the bath, she went, Daddy, no, I can get out myself. I'm four years old now. <laughs> literally on the, the night of her birthday. Break was, your heart. And I was like, yeah. and I said, can I just at least hold your hand? Help you out. <laughs> and she was like, no, Daddy. I was like... You know, and, and there will be a last time that we will carry them. I know. Oh, and Did you see that thing about a year ago? Yeah. There was a moment that you were carried by your mum or dad for the last time. Yeah. And neither of you knew it. Harry, yeah. Harry cried. He came mm-hmm. home. Because cried. think of it, you, that moment, my mum probably went, was carrying me and probably went, oh, darling, you're a bit yeah. heavy. Let me just put you down. Can't you walk now? Yeah, yeah, just put you down. And little because, did we know, yeah. that was the last time she ever picked oh. me up. And Harry, that is the reason that my daughter now looks like a gorilla on my back. Her <laughs> legs are dangling on the ground I'm kind of wheezing my uh, way up the stairs not I don't want to, I don't moment. want to not have oh. any of my, my most precious thing is having my daughter on my back because I can't imagine mm. not my back has become almost her finger marks are kind of worn into my shoulders because do. I've done it for so eight true. years for her now and I can't really imagine not. Well, so. she's going to want to not. She'll turn a corner. It's a bit like Ludo, who's definitely taking a step back from us. Really? And, you know, she'll be like, oh, it's fine, Daddy, I can walk. And you're like, what? On the shoulder. <laughs> I literally just got home yesterday and then within seconds, Lola's on my back. But just oh, Daddy walks through the door and it's just chaos, isn't it? It's just fun. One question for you, because I, no matter what, whether I'm feeling like stressed or you have external pressures, work, you know, whatever, Nina's here bickering about something pointless. Sausages or... Sausages, yeah. <laughs> when the door opens and the kids are coming in or vice versa, I'm coming in, I just instinctively just want to make them happy or want to make them laugh, be fun. And Izzy's like, oh, you're so fun the whole time, you know. But I, does that stay? Mm-hmm. I open the door and I'm like, but I guess your humour or forms of entertainment have to adapt because he's 10 and he probably wouldn't find the same things funny. But <laughs> you just want to kind of, I'm yeah. like, hiding or like... No, I think that, that or... I think 10 is almost the best age because they're such fun. They're really easy. You know, you can be on a long haul flight and they'll do their own thing. And we can sit by a pool now and all read books for an hour or two hours and go surfing together. But I think we are on the cusp of them just wanting to be a bit more independent. I mean, are you dad 
or daddy still, or your mum or mummy? Or... We're, we're mommy actually, we're mummy and daddy still. still. Although and Iona like, now decides to call us different things. She wanted to call you cabbage or carrot or something the other day. <laughs> She's a bit weird like that. But that's an interesting, you know, when they start calling us mum and dad. Or Ben and Marina. Because it's all Ben and Marina. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they're grown up. and I, th- I think that I, I will be quite, mm. not hurt by that, but I think it will be just another reminder that so quickly and, mm. and these or that you're getting old or that I'm getting old <laughs> and boring yeah, I'm really dull oh god well yeah. like when you turned to me and you said I missed the two year old Lola I know I did and you suddenly go goodness you know but I said I but you'll miss the four year old Lola and then you'll miss that you know I love the four year old Lola but I just I miss that two year old Lola but Kit's too so you can enjoy it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> deep uh, yeah. my, my favourite Dr Zeus quote of all time don't cry because it's over laugh because it happened that's a perfect note to end on thank you all so much Izzy's book Mindfulness for Mums is out now it's brilliant you need to have a look at it mm-hmm. Ben and Ben your Mr Dog books are out was it number four that's out um, now the fourth Mr Dog book uh, Mr Dog and the Faraway Fox is out now Mm, highly recommended Um, thank you all for downloading this episode of The Parenthood please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us you can also follow me on Instagram I'm at marina.fogel but in the meantime thanks for listening and from all of us here goodbye hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.